is the deal it's your boy king known uncensored dropping another show back to back we gonna do it just like this we're gonna call it clash of the titans steph versus kd is the moment that we've all been waiting for so i mean honestly <clears throat> i'm gonna be honest with y'all i'm gonna be completely 100 percent honest this doesn't necessarily necessarily change who the best player in the world is because that type shit is decided like years at a time. You feel me? That That's decided with the whole entire year. But currently, this only really changes the, uh, the MVP race. That's the only thing that this victory by Steph Curry and the Warriors have changed. I still think Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. I still think that KD is still the best. Because this is documented through a year. 
at a time. You know what I'm saying? Like best player in the world conversation is very subjective. But if we look at, but this really decided who the real MVP was. And Steph, by far, definitely showed that he's the MVP because Kevin Durant had a chance to beat Kevin, uh, to beat Steph Curry last night and be like, yeah, you nice. Yeah, your team has improved, but it doesn't matter. Kevin Durant has a decent team around him, but unfortunately, that team isn't as deep as the Golden State Warriors. And Stephen Curry just had a field day last night. I was not expecting the Warriors to beat the Nets like that at home. You know, everybody's blaming and saying that Harden didn't do anything. That's not true. Harden played a good game. It was Kevin Durant that disappeared in the second half. Kevin Durant didn't do shit. James Harden led the team in scoring. He shot 6 of 13, 2 of 6. Kevin Durant shot 6 of 19 in the worst game that he's had all season. And Bruce Brown was their third leading scorer. But... I can't solely place the blame on Kevin Durant as to why Golden State beat the uh, Nets 117-19 last night. I mean, look at this. Draymond, 11. Steph, 37 points. Jordan Poole, 17 points. Andrew Wiggins, 19 points. And they got decent production from the bench. Like, DeAndre Bembry was getting on my nerves last night. This dude was missing layup after layup. And Stephen A. Smith, you fucking, you fucking piece of shit. How the fuck you're going to blame Kyrie when he didn't even play? How are you going to make Kyrie the scapegoat? You know, he's talking about, Shut your bitch ass up. That's why your hair is running away from your head. How the fuck you gonna say it's Kyrie fault? He ain't check into the game. He ain't miss all of his shots. Kyrie just didn't play. We'll talk about Kyrie in a minute and what I think about that situation. But let's focus on the game that played. Not the people that weren't there. That's all I'm saying. But I'm just sick of just Stephen A. Smith, like, existing. I'm sick of Stephen A. Smith being on TV. Matter of fact, I'm sick of all these niggas on TV. Because Skip Bayless, this bitch-ass nigga, man. Like, Skip Bayless, I agree with some of the things he says. But you can just tell it's coming from a closet racist standpoint. I hate to do that. But sometimes Skip be look be sounding racist sometimes. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's just the tone in which he speaks about black players versus the white players he speaks on. That's just me. I mean, I could be wrong, I could be reaching. After Steph successfully took out Kevin Durant and the Nets, a jealous Skip Bayless, a hateful Skip Bayless, has said that Steph Curry has never shown up on the big stage. And he even said, had the nerve to say that Steph Curry was not clutch. Are you fucking serious? 
Oh, you still mad that Steph was busting your San Antonio Spurs ass every time he played him? Is that what this is about? A fucking skeezer? You think I give a fuck about? You hating on Steph Curry? Fuck that whole bitch Skip Bayless. I don't give a fuck about him. <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, I'm like, Skip, um, Skio, Skio, did you forget about who this light-skinned nigga really is? You, you, I mean, you, I know you old, I know you 70 and shit, but did you forget what this man did to help his team win three, three, three world championships? It's not like Steph Curry got six finals losses like LeBron and he just melted every time. Steph Curry really only had one bad series. And we're going to break that shit down, man. Because I have a list of all of Steph's great playoff games. Right? Right. Like, I see nothing but high-scoring games. He, like, I don't understand. Everybody wants to talk about how all the great guards were injured. The year that Steph won the title. They said that Drew Holiday was hurt. Drew Holiday is good. I give you that. Mike Conley was solid. I guess. And then they gonna say Pat Bev was hurt. Pat Beverly is not shutting down no Steph Curry. Stop lying. And then when they successfully beat Cleveland, he was robbed out of finals MVP. You mean to tell me a man that scored 26 points, 19, 27, 22, 37, and 25 points was not the finals MVP. They gave it to Iguodala because he defended LeBron James. No, he didn't. Iguodala did not stop LeBron James. LeBron James still averaged what in that series, dude? I got to look up them numbers, like what he averaged in that uh, Golden State series. Because that shit really pissed me off. I'm just saying, like, that shit pissed me off. Like, didn't LeBron almost average a 20, a triple-double? In that series? They gave that shit to Andre Iguodala. That shit still blows my mind to this day. 36, 13, and 9. And you give it to Iguodala. He did not stop LeBron James. He just made... Timely stops like his role was suggested to do, which was to defend LeBron. Steph Curry deserved the finals MVP that year. They said that he shouldn't have won it because the first two games he played bad. Are you serious? He scored 26 points in that first game in the finals, right? Then he scored, then after game two's bad performance, he scored 27, 22, 37, and 25. 
And then you have to, and then 2016. This is the year where Skip Bayless said that, um, you know, he didn't deserve, you know, he had a meltdown. Well, first of all, Steph missed a lot of games in the first two rounds of the playoffs. However, in that OKC series, in that game seven, he hit a big shot with the lights bright on his ass. 36 points, eight assists, five rebounds in that game seven. He had a clutch performance there. I mean, despite Steph having a bad series versus the Cavs in 2016, right? Even in his worst series, in game four, he scored 38. Game five, he scored 25. Game six, he scored 30. Despite them collapsing as an all-around team. And then Kevin Durant, I mean, he was the best player on that Warriors team. But even with Durant there, he scored 29, 34, 37, 22, 23, 23, 30, 40, 29, 21, 36. This is all throughout the fucking playoffs. Even against Cleveland, 28, 32, 26, 34. Then the 2018 playoffs, he missed the first round. Came back. In the sweep of Cleveland in 2018, Steph had 29. 33, he had a bad game, game three, whatever. 37 in that game four. KD was trying to get Steph the MVP that year. And then the, the series against Portland, this man had 36, 37, 36, and 37 in games one through four. Then even in the 2019 finals where they lost, Steph had 34, 23, 47, 27, 31. He just didn't show up that last game. That was it. But he was there when the lights were bright. Stephen Curry. Skip Bayless, shut your ass up. Like, seriously, Steph Curry is an all-time great. Steph Curry is one of the three best players in the NBA right now. Steph Curry has been most improved on both sides of the ball. Steph Curry has improved overall as a defensive player. Statistically, he's the best defender, defensive player in the league with one-on-one -on -one defense. He's been locking people up. I'm not saying that he's a shutdown defender. I'm saying his defense 
from the past has improved to this season. The Warriors, as a whole entire team, have improved defensively. I've seen them come out in defensive sets, different defensive sets. And Steph Curry, you know, most of the defense is all effort. Stephen Curry's always put forth a defensive effort. Individual players just bust his ass. But it's a guard-dominated league, and you expect that. But now, Steph Curry is hounding these dudes. Now, going back to the Nets. Honestly, as far as Kyrie Irving is concerned, I think they need to trade Kyrie to a team where he can come out and play. Kyrie did say he wants to play basketball. So it wasn't like Kyrie is like being being selfish. It's, it's not like Kyrie is, you know, Kyrie made a personal decision about his body as he has the right to do. He's got that right to say, no, I'm not getting the vaccine because I don't trust that shit going into my body. I'm the same way. But however, I don't think that he should remain on the Brooklyn Nets roster. I think they should trade him. Because what is he doing for you now? But yeah, like, it's no point in having a player that's not going to suit up, that's not going to play, where you can trade him for parts. Because here's the problem with the Nets. The Nets don't have no rim protection. They don't have, I mean, DeAndre Bembry is like their only defensive player. They just got a bunch of guys that can run up the score. And a lot of those guys don't be hot all the time. I mean, Cam Thomas is still trying to find his way as a rookie. Patrick Mills, he could get hot at times, but not every game. Then, um... Um, you got, um, LaMarcus Aldridge, who just came back from a heart condition. You got Paul Millsap, who is undersized. You got Nick Claxton, who can't block a channel. And he's too small to deal with guys like Gobert, guys like Embiid. They need something like that. They need to trade for something like that. I mean, you thought they had one with DeAndre Jordan, but DeAndre Jordan's defense has not been good this year either. So you have to inquire about a guy, a big man if you're Brooklyn. I think Andre Drummond would have been perfect for Brooklyn. I know I talk a lot of shit about Andre Drummond. Because he didn't help my team do shit when he was a Piston. But I'm speaking from a logical standpoint on what Brooklyn really needs. I mean, I'm not saying that Andre is an elite shot blocker. But I'm saying he's a presence. The Warriors just walked right to the fucking middle. With no problem. The Nets don't have perimeter defenders like that. Bruce Brown is okay. But him and Bimbry, the only two guys. That can play defense. 
I didn't see Joe Harris last night. Where was he? I don't know if he's hurt, but I didn't I know I didn't notice him. I didn't see him. <laughs> and then also Another thing that I did notice. Steve Nash is the worst coach in the league. He is the absolute worst coach in the entire National Basketball Association. Because he waited until the third quarter to play LaMarcus Aldridge. Why? You needed him. Golden State is undersized. Kavon Looney is not an elite center. Why are you wait? What are you waiting for? What you waiting? What you waiting for? With your head ass, Steve Nash. I hated you as a player, and I hate you even more as a coach. His coaching is a disgrace to the National Basketball Association. Where's your adjustments? Where's your defensive sets? Y'all just let Kevin Durant and James Harden just freestyle. Instead of putting them in places where they can be comfortable. Now, I do admit that I do be going hard on Harden because people put him on a pedestal and make him bigger than what he actually is. But Harden is still a top 10 basketball player. Kevin Durant... I call him the best player in basketball. And I just want to say, just stop blaming Kyrie for everything. Now, I understand that Kyrie is 27-6-6. I can dig it. But that's on who? The GM to decide. We got a player that's not going to play. Why don't you trade Kyrie to a city... That would allow him to play unvaccinated. Because Bradley Beal and Michael Porter Jr. are still unvaccinated. But Brooklyn decided not to play him because of the simple fact that they don't want to deal with all the extra shit of him not being there. So they were just like, fuck it, just shut him down for the whole season. I would try to see what I could get for Kyrie. You could get a lot for Kyrie Irving. You can get some role players, a shot blocker and some more shooters but they pause the Nets need size the Nets need centers and power forwards that can protect the rim because other than that Kevin Durant can't defend everybody Kevin Durant can't block every shot James Harden for damn sure can't defend a motherfucking thing he cannot block every shot So it's best for the Nets to cut ties with him since they're not going to give him an extension anyway. Fuck it. Um, The Lakers, as I said before, are subject to get LeBron James back. You know... Everybody is saying that 
Well, some people I I, I talk to say that LeBron is going to uh, heal all the wounds and Russ and AD and LeBron will get this magical chemistry. It's not going to happen. Because LeBron's been out of the lineup, first of all. That's number one. Number two, Russell Westbrook plays too fast for the other Lakers that are just too slow. AD and LeBron are both injury prone. LeBron has missed significant time the last couple of seasons with injuries. Anthony Davis, same thing. Also, LeBron James is only a band-aid to their problems. He can help the Lakers outscore teams that don't play defense well. But when they play teams that play defense, they're not going to be on. They're going to lose those games. When the playoffs come, you're going to see the Lakers' age show because the Lakers do not play well against faster, younger guards. That's who be killing them. Guys like LaMelo Ball, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. Uh, then you got the John Morants, the Dylan Brookses, the, the Damon CJs. You got, um, who else in the West? You got Book and, and CP3. Even though CP390, he moves like he's 28, 29 years old. And then when Jamal Murray comes back, him and Will Barton are fast as fuck. So when it comes down to it, the Los Angeles Lakers have to get younger. Now Kendrick Nunn is, is, is still hurt. We don't know when he's coming back. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker's back. That could help a lot. to look at the signs here. You have to get younger. Unfortunately, yes, the LeBron James project resulted in a ring, but I felt like if the Lakers would have kept that young core with Ingram, Kuzma, Randall, Lonzo, Jordan, Clarkson, I think they could have won multiple championships. They could have built a championship caliber team with those young guys. But, it, but the LeBron James projects of the past have obliterated multiple franchises. If you look at guys like Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 
They're thriving in Washington right now. You look at Ingram in New Orleans. He's an all-star. You look at Lonzo. He just busted their ass two nights ago and had a big career game. Honestly, if you want my true honest opinion, it's time to let the old niggas go. It's time to let LeBron walk. Or AD. The three of those guys, they're not going to mess well together. They're not going to win a championship. They might win a series or two. Maybe two series. At best. But... You can only outscore so much when a half when teams decide to play half court defense. It's going to be a problem for the Lakers. So their best bet is to either get younger guys on the team that can run with Russell Westbrook. Cuz like I told you, it's not that LeBron and AD can't get it done. It's just that AD has always suffered an injury every year. And LeBron James is at that stage of his career where his body is starting to break down. That's all I'm saying. I'm not hitting the panic button yet because there's a lot of season to go. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, man, this is King Known Uncensored. Tried to get it done in under 30 minutes and all that. Class of the Titans, Steph vs. KD, and I'm out.